to the Freedom House Church weekend message. Today, you'll be hearing an exciting message from a communicator on our teaching team. Whether you're just waking up, on your way to work, or going for a relaxing evening walk, we know this message will equip you to experience Christ's freedom today and every day. So enjoy. How's everybody doing today? I don't know about you guys, but about three or four more songs, that'd been perfect. You know what I mean? I just just keep on going, keep on worshiping. How amazing is it to have him with us today? Can we give it up one more time? Amazing. Our whole worship team is just phenomenal. Each and every week we get get blessed by the amount of talent and gifts that God's given these people to, to lead us into his presence. Phenomenal. But hey, our pastors aren't here today. They're actually building the Big C Church. They're down in Florida right now um, and uh, helping out a church down there, preaching today. So we have something pretty special for you today. And actually, we've been in a series called The Dog Days of Summer. If you don't know what the dog days are, that's when it's hot, miserable, humid. Sounds like, like Charlotte. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Where the dog just wants to stay on the porch. He doesn't want to go out and run and chase up. No, he wants to stay on the porch and just relax and chill and get a little water. That's the way we feel sometimes, right? We just want to... Can I just relax? Can I just sit on the porch and stay still for a moment? But that's not what we're going to do. We're not going to do that in our spiritual lives. We're not going to do that in our physical lives. That's we're right. going to go after what God has for us, that's right? That's right. And uh, Chase it down. we're super excited about what's happening today. Why don't you tell we us about are. It? So today is a five on five. And if you've not been with us, yes, some people know what that is. But if you have not been with us for a five on five, you are in for a treat because it's five different speakers that are each going to share for five minutes about something that God has done in their lives to help them overcome the spiritual slump. That's what we're in. We're in that series, and so that's what they're going to be talking about today. Um, and many of them, it's their first, well, second time because they did it last service. <laughs> second time on the platform, and uh, we just want you to cheer for them and just root them on because they're doing something very difficult today. Um, sharing a personal story is not something that comes easy, especially when it's something that impacts our lives personally. Um, but what we know about today is that you're going to get something out of it. You're going to connect with one of these speakers, and you're going to have a different perspective coming out of today. Uh, maybe God's going to take you down a different path. Maybe it's going to change the destiny or the trajectory of your life. Whatever that is, I want you to open up your heart. Uh, because you are getting ready to receive. Now, there are rules of engagement that we need to share with you, and you are going to participate today. Say, yes, we're going to participate, because your job is to cheer them on. And so what we're going to do, each speaker literally has five minutes. 
It's a literal five minutes. And so they're going to they're gonna start the clock right when they begin to speak. And then when they have one minute left, you're going to see this sign go up. Yes. And then when they have 30 seconds, you're going to see this sign go up. And then there's going to be a 10-second countdown. Now, you're not going to count down with them, but we are going to count down right now. Okay? So are you ready? You Say it with me. 10, three, two, 9, oh, three, two, one. one. Yes. She didn't see that pop They're going to get the buzzer. <laughs> I didn't see that. So they're going to get the buzzer. And so that means that their time is done. So they better finish before that countdown. And that is the most stressful part. So... What you're going to do to participate is we're going to announce each one, and you're going to jump on your feet and give them a huge round of applause. And then when they're done, when you hear that buzzer, we want you to jump on your feet again and just give it up the best round of applause that you can possibly give them for standing up here and sharing their story. And I have the pleasure of introducing our first speaker. Uh, they've been at the church for approximately about a year now. You've probably met his wife, KT, out in the coffee shop. She serves out there every single week and rallies that team. And... Matt has stepped up and said, you know what, I want to be a part of Strong. If you don't know what Strong is, Strong is our men's ministry here. Yeah. And it happens every single month. He's like, I want to empower people. I want to encourage people. I want to engage people. Come on, let's do this thing. And so he's one of my go-to guys for Strong. And uh, he's serving other places also. And here's a pretty cool fact. He's the only person I know of that ever got a scholarship for water skiing. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. So let's get on your feet. Give it up for Ski Master Matt. Uh, well, good morning, everyone. I'm still jacked up from the first two services from the worship. That was just phenomenal. Um, yes, I was a competitive water skier for about eight years. I have since retired long ago, so it's been definitely my past, but... Uh, what Aaron, Pastor Aaron didn't say, I'm an Indiana boy, and what us good old Indiana boys, yeah, I got a few in the house, well, we know about our Indiana summers and that Indiana sweet corn, am I right? Knee high by the 4th of July. For those of you that don't know what that corny joke means, um, Indiana sweet corn, she got it, here we go. Um, it's a crop, grows in the summer, and about 4th of July, it should be about knee high. But God created a lot of seasons. Um, obviously, he created the four that we know, winter, spring, fall, and summer. Uh, but he also created seasons of our lives, and that's different for everyone in this room. And what we need to do is be cognizant of what season we're in and what season of life we're in. Summer is a great season to sit back, relax, enjoy your family, and just take a break from everyday life. Trust me, I understand. When I was water skiing, that's what I did all summer long. But summer is also a good time to grow. And what crops grow in summer? The ones that you water, like my Indiana sweet corn. But again, we need to be cognizant of what season we're in. One season for me in particular was when I uh, graduated high school and went off to college. See, I grew up going to church every single Sunday from when I was a kid to through high school. So when I went to college, it was kind of my time to step away and I was on my own. It just, church wasn't a priority for me anymore. Now, I still felt like I had a relationship with God at that time, but I just wasn't going to church. It wasn't until five or six years later when I met my future wife, Caitlin, that she challenged me to start going to church with her. And I'm glad she did because that's really where I started to see my life change and really started to see where my connection with God was and where my connection with God was going to be. It was our third church in Florida that we found our church home. And at the end of that service, they asked a similar question that they do here at Freedom House of, hey, if you want to rededicate yourself to God or if you want to have that life with Christ, raise your hand. And 
I was stubborn. I'm like, well, no, I have a relationship with God. I've been in church. I know who I am. I know who God is. But uh, it wasn't until I started growing in church that I realized, no, that was me. My hand should have been in the air. I didn't have a relationship with him. I lost touch, but I'm definitely on the right track. And definitely to see the last five, six years where I've come from has just been phenomenal. Now, when Caitlin and I serve here at church, we serve one service and we just worship in the second service. And if we're not here for two services, something feels off. I feel like we have to be here like all day Sunday. If we're not one of the last ones out that door, it just feels weird. Acts 1, 7 to 8, Jesus said, It's not for you to know the times and dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power by the Holy, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. God's timing is perfect. We don't always agree with that, trust me. But we have to be faithful and understand what his timing has for you is what it's meant to be. And we have to be prayerful and understanding of that. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 8 is a time for everything. And it says, there's a time for everything. There's a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. Now what it doesn't, and it continues to go on to say, there's literally a time for everything. What it doesn't say is, there's a time to step away from God. No, we need God in our lives no matter what season we're in because he created those seasons for us and we need him in those seasons. So make sure that you stay with God in whatever season that you're in. For me, um, my wife and I are coming to a new season of our lives. We just found out a few months ago, or a month or so ago, I don't know now. Uh, she's pregnant with our first child. So uh, very excited here. Got a baby boy coming in November, so cannot wait for that. Definitely going to need a lot of help because I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, but we also just closed on our house here in Charlotte uh, about a week ago. And I remember last week, spent the whole week moving, three days, just solid moving straight. Wife was out of town on vacation, and Sunday rolls around. Spectrum installs the internet at 8 a.m. He's done by 9, and I'm just like, man, I got a lot of work to do still. I want to get more done before my wife gets home, and I'm just exhausted. I'm just going to skip church today, get more work done. Not a minute later, I'm like, wait a second. I, I'm thinking about skipping church because I'm tired. Or I want to do other activities. No, that's the moment I need to be in church the most. So I challenge you, whenever that moment comes in your head that's like, nah, I don't need to go to church today, that's really when God's pushing you because, hey, there's something for you that day at church. So I want to challenge you in the summer months when you, to grow in the summer. Water what crops and what things you need to water. I don't want you to be knee-high by the 4th of July. I want you to be sky-high by the end of summer. Thank you. Good stuff. He even beat the buzzer. That's awesome. I love what he said was when, you, when the enemy's trying to come at you to get you to keep you from coming, that's the time you need to come because God has something for you. We're going to miss it if we just stay home in our easy chair. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Well, that was incredible. Our next speaker is someone that I'm very, very proud of, someone that I'm actually very, very thankful for. You see, he came to us about a year and a half ago, and last November, he stepped into a vacancy because of a loss that we had here at Freedom House Church. We lost Bob McCall, our usher team lead. And I just want to take a moment to honor Bob. He was a hero of the faith. And I just believe that right now he's cheering us on. 
um, because he already paved the way and he just expects us to step in. And that's exactly what this guy has done. He stepped in as our usher team lead. He's also a very active life group leader here at Freedom House and his example is incredible. So I just want you to jump up on your feet right now and welcome to the platform, Mike Barth. Hey there, Freedom House. How y'all doing? <laughs> so I'm sure many of you can relate to the feeling of being busy in your life. And regardless of how long that time of busyness lasts, you can remember how you felt in that moment. Um, after a prolonged period of busyness, you're probably exhausted and just feel stressed out. And because of that, we realize that if we don't prioritize things well in our lives, it can cause chaos. So. One of the most favorite things I love about the summer are vacations. Uh, it's an opportunity to take a break from all the craziness, the grind of daily life, and to actually focus on refreshing yourself, and hopefully afterwards you are refreshed. But I wanna share how the first vacation I ever took with my brother Chris overseas was negatively impacted because I had a failure in prioritizing what was important. So, my brother and I were really excited for this trip. We were flying into Amsterdam, we were gonna travel across Western Europe, and we were gonna go ahead and end up in England. So, my brother is a very laid back guy, whereas I'm a little more of a planner. So, he had this short list of things he wanted to do, I had this big old itinerary. So, because of that, and following our itinerary, a lot of our conversations sort of ended like this. We had uh, spent a long period of time touring. Um, it's the end of a day, and I'm talking to him. And we're like, hey, man, 6 o'clock. The museum's going to close. It's 5 now. We can hop on that tram, make it there, fit it in, and then 7 o'clock we can make that reservation at that great restaurant we want to go to. And my brother, he would turn to me sheepishly, and he's like, you know what? I, I think I've had enough for the day. We've been grinding all day. I just want to head back to the hostel and rest. I'll meet you there. And I think tomorrow, I want to just take a break. Let's do a break day. You do your thing. I'm going to chill, do mine. And it didn't hit me while I was on the trip. But what I realized is several times that this happened, I had a failure there. I didn't focus on what was truly important on that trip. It wasn't the sights, it wasn't the activities that we had planned. All those things are great, but what I had failed to see is that the important thing is that I was there with my brother, and it was the relationship with him that mattered the most. And I think all of us have a story like that. We have moments in our lives where we, where we get busy and we prioritize the wrong thing, and because of that, we see the negative impacts in our lives. So it's Especially common now in today's society, we have this conditioning of busyness. How many times have you been asked, how are you doing? Or how's your summer going? And your reflexive response is, I've just been really busy. Or I just don't have time for this, or that one thing that I truly want to do. And I think that's a common thing. We all would like to say that we're relaxed and refreshed and we're always you know, ready for the next thing, but that isn't the reality. So what we need to focus on is how we can prioritize what is truly important. 
So what I want to share with you are three R's that I used to prioritize things in my life and help refocus myself. And they're very simple. They're all things that you've probably heard before, but I think it's important to go back to the basics, especially when they get lost in the busyness of life. So the first R is resting. It's important to make time for rest. God created the Sabbath so that we could pause, take a break, and refocus our energies on our relationship with him and with others. So the next time you're feeling exhausted or find yourself with no time, make sure that rest, you're using rest as a weapon for physical and spiritual renewal. The next R is relating to God. How do we relate to him? So in Romans 12, it tells us that we all need to renew our minds constantly. And we do that through reading his word, through prayer, and through listening for his still small voice so we can rest in his peace and wisdom. And then the third R is relating to people, taking time to make rest in community. God made us to be a part of a family so that we can do life together with them and get through trying times. Ultimately, what I'm saying is don't make the same mistake I did while on vacation with my brother. Focus on the relationships on your life, and the next time you feel like things are getting too busy, remember to rest, to reflect, uh, relate to God, and relate to people. I need that reminder, too, to rest. How many of you need a vacation from vacation sometimes? Yes, we can all relate. We want to walk away from those vacations just with that time spent with family, that time in relationships, and the same thing with when we spend time with people in life. We want to make sure that we're present. You know, sometimes that means we just have to put our phones away. We're too glued to social media nowadays um, where we can just look at the person in front of us in the eyes and say, you know what, you matter to me enough to put my phone down right now. You matter to me enough to listen to you without interruption. And so I think if we would do that with our lives, that's just a simple thing that we can do to place value on people. And so thank you, Mike, for bringing that incredible word. All right, my next speaker I'm so grateful for. She's a dear friend of mine. Um, She came to Freedom House from a lifer. And what do I mean by that? Well, I mean that her husband has been with Freedom House since the beginning. I remember him in some of our pictures from our early days at the church. And he used to be the most eligible bachelor at Freedom House Church. And he literally went halfway across the world to Guatemala to find his wife, and he brought back some hot stuff. (laughs) And so I just want to introduce to you this amazing woman of God. Her name is Gabriella Powell. Jump on your feet and give it up for Gabby. Thank you. Buenos dias, Freedom House. Today I want to share with you two stories. The first story is about an eight-year-old boy who drifts offshore half a mile into the Atlantic Ocean on a giant unicorn float. Can you even imagine that? Now, the little boy who did not know how to swim and was not wearing a life jacket was originally stationed on the sand before a strong wave pulled him into the water. You wouldn't believe it if it hadn't had happened right here in North Carolina. The second story is about how a strong wave pulled me from the sand and I ended up drifting away. I was born in California, but raised in Guatemala, and that is where I met my handsome husband, JP, on a missions trip that Freedom House did almost 15 years ago. 
And no, he did not join the mission trip to find a wife. God just wanted to bless him with me. <laughs> now, I grew up in church. And uh, due to high levels of violence in the country, I was raised in what some of you would consider a sheltered or overprotected environment. For example, in my early 20s, I still lived with my mother, and that's part of her culture. If you're not married, you better live with your parents, okay? Yes, exactly. Now, even though I had a full-time job and was going to college, I had an 8 p.m. curfew. God forbid I would miss the curfew. My sweet mother would literally blow up my phone worrying that something bad had happened to me. Now, when I was 25, my sister and I moved back to the United States, and suddenly I found myself living in the land of the free. Amen? <laughs> now, being the good Christian that I was, one of the very first things I did was find a church, and I attended regularly for a few weeks. But having moved so far away from my family and my friends and pretty much everything I grew up knowing had left me with deep feelings of loneliness and sadness and depression. I wanted to desperately fit in into the American culture, meet people, make friends. And so when the weather started getting warm, I decided I was going to enjoy summer. One Sunday skipping church turned to two, then three, then a month. You know, it's really hard to do early Sunday morning service if you're out late partying on Saturday night. And then one day I wake up, I open my eyes, and I have no idea where I'm at. I do not know the people around me, and I have a really hard time remembering what had happened the night before. That is not a good place to be. There was one thing that I was fully conscious and aware of, and that's that it was Sunday and that I should be in church. The Bible talks about the prodigal son realizing how far he had drifted offshore. And it says in Luke 15, 17, when he finally came to his senses. Another version says, so then he had a moment of self-reflection. What am I doing here? Never in my life did I imagine one day I would become the prodigal daughter. Now, if you're still thinking about the little boy, don't worry. He got rescued, and so did I. In that moment, I repented, and I returned back to God. And like the good and loving father that he is, he welcomed me back. Amen. Not only did he welcome me back, but he also blessed me with JP. In 2016, in 2016, I moved to Charlotte and started attending Freedom House. A year later, we got married, and today we have our little baby girl. Now... One of the team members that helped rescue the little boy gave some advice as of how to prevent this type of situations from happening. And he said, always be cautious. If you don't know how to swim, make sure you're wearing a life jacket. And if you have a float, make sure it's anchored or have someone hold on to it. And today, that is the same advice I want to give you all so that hopefully I can prevent you from drifting like I did. Number one, be cautious. If you're about to go somewhere, do something, and it doesn't give you peace or you just know it's quite not right, don't do it. That is God's way of saying, hey, be cautious. Number two, wear a life jacket. More than a life jacket, the Bible says in Ephesians 6, 11, put on all of God's armor so that you can stand firm against the strategies of the devil. And number three, get anchored. Get connected. Join a life group. Surround yourself with people that are going to hold on to you. I still miss my family back home, but I found... I really mean this. I found a new family at Freedom House. And I know that I'm surrounded with people that are holding on to me. And they're going to prevent me from ever drifting off again. And that is the same thing that I want for each and every single one of you. Thank you so much.
Awesome. It's so good. One of, the, one of the things that hit me about her story was how one Sunday turned into two, turned into a month, to the moment you wake up and you realize, what am I doing here? You know, how many of us have done that? Whether it be in our careers, our relationships, our friendships, what am I doing here? And you try to refocus and shift it back to where God had you originally. And every single time, he's going to open his arms wide open and invite you back into his presence. You can never run too far where God can't reach you. So phenomenal. Great job, Gabby. So our next person we want to have up here, you've probably seen him all over the place. You've seen him on Tuesday mornings at 6.30 a.m. on prayer. You've seen him in life groups. Uh, you've seen him on this stage on our worship team. You've probably even seen him on Saturdays at Strong because he's one of our leaders for Strong also. Michael Martin is a phenomenal man. He is a beast when it comes to Jesus. And I'm so excited about what he has to share with you. And he has a plan for his life. And God is working it out right now. So get on your feet and give it up for Michael Martin. How do you prepare for life? How do you prepare for disappointment? How do you prepare for the bad doctor's report? Maybe you got a doctor's report of cancer. How do you prepare for that? How do you prepare for tragedy when tragedy strikes your family? Maybe a, a loved one passed away unexpectedly. How do you prepare for that husband that walks out on you? Or that wife that walks out on you when you were expecting them to be a part of your life. How do you prepare for when life's disappointments hit your home? One of the things I've come to realize over the past 25 years of being a believer is that the storms of life are going to happen. They're inevitable, but you've got to be prepared for them. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, to be vigilant. Be sober because our adversary, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he can devour. Sometimes we can become very relaxed in our relationship with God. You know, everything's going good. We got the two cars in the garage. You know, the dog is good. The, the, the cat's good. Everybody's just good. You know, everybody's just fat and happy. Everybody's good. And that's the time that we can, come, we can become relaxed and lax in our spiritual walk. And that's also the time when the enemy can come on us. On November the 25th, 2019, is a day that I had a storm hit my life. I remember it to this day. I remember sitting at my kitchen table, and I received some news that was very devastating. It felt like someone had knocked the breath out of me. It felt like someone in my family had died. It was a day that should have been a day of celebration, but by the end of the day, it turned into a day of, of hurt, pain, betrayal. The Bible talks about two people in the Bible. There's two people. That it says one built his house on the rock. And it said that when the storms came, it says that when the wind came, when, when, the, when the floods came, when the, when the marriage issues came, when the bad doctor's reports came, when, when the children went crazy, the Bible says that his house did not fall. And then there's another person that the Bible talks about, and it says that he built his house on the sand. And the same tribulations, the same trials hit his house, the same marriage issues, the same crazy children, 
all those things happened to him, but his house fell. There's three things that the Lord has taught me as, I'm, as I've dealt with my storm and still in the middle of my storm and that I would like to share with you this morning. First thing is your perspective. Your, your perspective is so important. So you have to understand that it's not necessarily about you. It's about your purpose. It's about your destiny. It's about lives that God wants to use you to transform and change. So you have to understand a storm is meant to capsize your boat. It's meant to get you off track so that you can't pull other people into the boat. So your perspective is important. Second thing is consistent prayer time and word and time in the word. So you have to understand that when you're spending time in the word, you know, maybe things are great right now. Maybe you're not having any issues. But right now is a time that you're building your spiritual muscles so that when you do get hit with that trial, when you do get hit with that bad report, when, you, when, you're, when, when everybody walks out of your life, you can lift that trial. You can lift that burden. The third thing I want to leave you this morning is, is how important it is to stay connected to the local church and, the, and, the, and community. It's so important. See, the enemy understands the power of isolation. He understands that if I can get you separated from the pack, if I can get you in the corner all by yourself, then I can get you. I can destroy you. If you watch any, any documentary of a lion going after his prey, you'll see that, the, that he goes after the one that gets separated, the one that may maybe get injured. And maybe you're here this morning, you're injured, you're limping. The enemy wants to separate you. Stay in the pack. I'm telling you, stay in the middle of the pack. I'm a witness. I'm a testimony. Stay in the pack. There's nothing special about me or, or the wise men in the Bible that stood. The only thing is, is that I've made a decision to be a doer of the word. That's the only thing that makes me different. I've made a decision to be a doer of the word. You see, one of the hardest things for me to do One of the hardest things for me to do was to be in community. And so I had to make sure that I stayed in communities, that I stayed in the pack. So I challenge you this morning, pick one thing that you can do that you can leave with that will make you a doer of the word. Good stuff. You get back up here with me. Get back up here. Get back. I just want to take a moment and highlight this man because uh, he is led through adversity. Um, you know, I know what he's been going through over the past year, and I kept calling him, Michael, will you lead another life group? Yes, ma'am, I will. You know why? Because he knows it's not just about him. It's about eternity. And so he knows that there are other people walking through some of the same things that he's been walking through. And he loves them right where they are, and he tries to pull them up. And so today, right after church, guess what he's doing? He's hosting a pop-up party for the men because that's how much he cares about people. Thank you for being a hero of the faith. Thank you for being consistent. You're awesome. You know, Pastor Troy posted a while back that the most spiritual thing that you can do is be consistent. You know, he talked about the steady boat and... You know, sometimes our boat is rocking, and that's okay, because we're real people. 
We're not any better or any different than anyone else. We're real people going through real trials and continuing to lead. But if you just remain consistent, if you just remain steady, if you continue to come into church and you continue to read the word of God and you continue to listen and you continue to be in community, you'll be able to be effective. See, the enemy wants to render you ineffective. He doesn't want you to pull people up out of the drowning water. He wants you, he wants to capsize your boat and drown you. But we've got to remain consistent and that's the most spiritual thing that you can do. So the best thing is for you to connect with somebody and say, you know what, this is what I'm going through. Can you help me steady my boat right now? And I just want to say that we have one last incredible speaker that I am so thankful for, so, so proud of. And she is a hero in the faith to me as well. Um, And the reason is, is because she's been through many storms over the seasons. I've known Morgan for a very, very, very long time. We've worked together side by side on a daily basis. We've even had storms ourselves, but we figured it out. And she has remained consistent. And what I love about her is that she is all about raising up the next generation, which we call the now generation here at Freedom House. You see, she oversees our FH Kids Ministries all the way through our young adults. And you could look at all the young adults sitting right here. That's a testament to this girl right here. She's going to share something incredible with you. And I want you to jump up on your feet and welcome to the platform, Morgan. Love some interns. Love some interns. Hey, if I were to title this next moment for you, I would title this next moment with you, Make It Matter. And I want to start with a question. It's a question maybe you've asked yourself, maybe you've pondered this before. It goes like this. If you knew that your next 24 hours were your last 24 hours, how would you spend them? If you knew that the next 24 hours of your life were your last, how would you spend that time? You know, I think a lot of us have answers to that, right? So we would say, I'd be with my family. I'd eat one great last meal. I'd watch that movie that I love one more time. But despite all of our answers being different, I do believe they would all have something in common. I believe we would all say we would spend that time intentionally. In other words, we would make it matter. Somebody say, make it matter. matter. See, I think when we pit ourselves up against eternity— When we pit ourselves up against the end, we really start pondering questions like, what am I doing with my life? And does it really matter? And that, family, is where my story begins with you today. Because those two questions are the questions I asked myself sitting in the back of an English class junior year at UNC Charlotte. Go Niners. You know, I was an English major, and I was attending Freedom House, but if I'm honest with you, I was really letting the river of life just carry me downstream. Maybe you can relate to that. So my young adults, we get it, right? So uh, we graduate high school. What comes next? Well, you got to go to college. Don't go to college. Better get a job, right? Uh, That's just the way life works. Maybe for our more seasoned adults in here, you understand, well, I've got kids. I've got a mortgage I've got to pay. There's just things in life you have to do. That's the river of life. But as I began attending Freedom House more, I was wondering if God had something different for me, something different for maybe all of us. Because, you know, God doesn't call us to be moved by the world, by the river of life. He calls us to be moved by the living water, by a spirit, by himself. You see, the disciples, they were fishermen, right? Everyday fishermen. We don't see them keeping their nine to five and still following Jesus and seeing the miracles that he had 
uh, that he was performing, they had to, Scripture says, leave their nets. They had to leave their nets to follow him. And we know Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, God says, right? And they are good. So he has good plans for us. But out of free will, we get to choose. Do we engage with those plans or do we let the river of life just kind of lead us downstream? And I remember sitting in the back of that English class having this unsettling conversation with myself, not really wanting to ask myself the questions that I ended up asking. <laughs> Morg, what are you doing with your life? Does it really matter? And when I ask that to myself, I really asked myself the same thing I asked you to begin with. Morg, if that's your last 24 hours, are you spending that time intentionally? More so, are you spending it on eternity, on eternal values, on things that matter for eternity? Because the reality is, nothing matters more than forever. And my answer to the, those questions that day was no. I, I wasn't spending my time intentionally on things of eternity. I was spending my time on something motivated by good, but not something motivated by God. So I had to make a choice that day, and the choice I made changed everything. I had to leave behind some nets. I had to make a full pivot in my life, begin moving in a new direction. But can I tell you when I did that, it really set me up for the trajectory that I'm on today. Six years in ministry, but more so honestly knowing the path God has for me and allowing others to come alongside. Hey, let's get you on that path too so you can go in the direction and run the race he has. And it all started in English class with the questions, what are you doing with your life? Does it really matter? So, family, I'm going to ask you that today. What are you doing with your life? And does it really matter? Are you investing your resources into things that hold eternal value? Or if you're honest, are you investing your resources into things that are really only temporary? Because the reality is you're going to spend your time somehow. I heard it said once about our finances. I believe it's true about all of our resources. I've heard it said, if you don't tell your money where to go, you'll wonder where it went. And in the same way with our time and our energy and our talent, if we don't tell those things where to go, one day we will look back and wonder where they went. Can I challenge you to make it matter today? Make it matter. For me, dropping my nets, leaving my nets behind was a full life shift. And maybe that's what God's kind of tugging at your heart for today. But maybe valuing eternal things means really looking at your checkbook, Maybe looking at that Wells Fargo bank account summary, how are you spending your finances? Is it on things of temporary value or of eternal value? Maybe it's looking at your calendar. How are you spending your time? Maybe it's dropping that, you know, Netflix uh, series and picking up the word of God. Because, you know, when I stand before God one day, I don't think I'm going to hit him up with the Great British Baking Show, episode eight of season five. Though I probably could tell you what cakes they cooked, right? We're going to be talking about things of eternal value, what matters most. How can you make it matter today? And can I ask you to make it matter? Why? Because when you do, it changes everything. How do I know that? Because it has for me. Will you stand to your feet with me? You know, we have had the opportunity to hear from so many amazing speakers today about how to withstand the dog days of summer. Can I tell you the one thing they would tell you most? If you took away anything else, the thing that matters most is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Why? Because you matter most to him. Maybe you've heard John 3:16 and you know it here, maybe you know it here, but the word says, God so loved the world he gave his only son 
that whoever should believe in him will not perish, but have eternal life. You know that's you. The world is you. God so loved you that he gave his son just for the chance to get to know you, to be in relationship with you, and to begin a life that really matters most. And some of you in here, you don't know where you're at with that today. That's okay. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for the opportunity to realign with God, to come into new connection with him. But maybe some of you in here, you are in a relationship with Jesus, but something someone said today convicted you. You know, it's the love of God that draws men to repentance, right? It's a good thing. Conviction's a good thing. It means we pivot, we go in the right direction. Maybe you were convicted by something today. If you don't mind, close your eyes, bow, bow your heads. We're going to pray together. But if you fall into one of those two categories, maybe you want to get it right with Jesus. You want to begin that relationship for the first time, for the thousandth time. He's ready. He's on the edge of his seat, waiting. If, if that's you, or maybe you are in a relationship with him, but you're ready to uh, shift, take a step forward in your faith, something convicted you today, and you said, I'm going to walk that out. If you're in one of those two categories, will you place your hand on your heart? This is an outward sign of an inward conviction. And there are hands all across the room. Awesome. Hey, let's pray this out loud together. Will you say, God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace. I believe Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead for me. Come into my heart in a fresh way today and help me to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, and everybody gave a big amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this message, we encourage you to spread the word. Share with your friends and family on social media and make sure you subscribe to hear a new message every week. Really love the message? Well, we want to hear from you. Make sure to leave us a review below. Want more Freedom House content? Follow us on Instagram at Freedom House and subscribe to Freedom House Church on YouTube. We hope you are equipped to experience all that God has for you this week, and we'll see you for our next Freedom House Church weekend message.